Good morning. I'm going to be making stuff up here. You can be horribly English if you want to and stay where you are. Or you could actually come to the front and see what I'm doing. It's up to you. Oh, what an English lot you are. Come, start the trend. Yes! <laughs> oh, where's my book? Here's my book. Gosh, Chris Jacket. Something arty farty, Chris, coming up. Okay. Before I start, I have a question for Pads. What's the fifth word in the Bible, Pads? Yeah, or another translation, created. That'll do. So thank you for trusting me to do something creative. Second question, are you made in God's image? Yes. Good. Creative man. Creative people. Made in God's image. So don't switch off. I'm going to be making something. You know, when... um, when Jesus walked the earth, he used a lot of stories to illustrate points that he wanted to make. And uh, he told a good one about farmer. Do you remember that one? Lots of seeds being scattered on different sorts of ground. Well, I'm not a farmer. I work with textiles. And uh, you don't have to stand all the way through, gentlemen. You can come and sit the front. <laughs> It's going to last for a quarter of an hour. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh, textiles, yes. And when I'm working with textiles, very often that's when God starts to speak to me. And he unfolded a whole thing about his love for us as I began to work with some of these textiles. So this morning, isn't some great theological talk? Sorry, Vickers. Um, But it is, I hope, a demonstration of how God loves us. We've just read about it in that wonderful psalm, which I gather from talking to a few people this morning is some of their favourites, which is great. And uh, I'm a practical person and I like to see things. So the first thing I want to show you is this stuff comes in various forms. It's called silk waste. It's been through, as you can see from the various colours, it's been through the dyeing process and it's got in an awful mess and it's really tangled up. And uh, I'm going to pull off a bit about the size of a thumbnail. Um, You should have a picture. Oh, yes. Thank you, Andrew. There it is. Um, And uh, it's pretty matted, this stuff, and it's thrown away. And uh, I I was in my workroom thinking, I wonder what I could do with this stuff. So I began sort of poking at it. And as I was doing so, I felt the Lord starting to talk to me. And he said, this is what happens when I get hold of you. 
can start to tease you out. Who in their life has been called a waste of space? (laughs) Quite a few hands went up. Yep. I remember being totally humiliated in the front of a physics class where the teacher had me up at the front and asked me some question I couldn't answer and I'm a hopeless scientist and didn't understand one word that we were talking about. All I can tell you is about levers. That's all I can remember. All I ever want to remember. But I felt totally humiliated. And uh, about 30 years ago, I met this American uh, guy who came to preach and um, he said uh, that his whole life He'd been called a waste. His parents thought he was a waste of space. His teachers thought he was a waste of space. The local police thought he was a waste of space. His friends rejected him. He got into violence. He got into drugs. He got into the whole scene. Uh, the shopkeepers hated him because he'd stole from their shelves. And uh, he was a nightmare. Are you beginning to see this? And uh, so he said, the result of that was that I ended up in prison. Because I believed what everybody told me, that I was a waste and I was no good. So I ended up behind bars. And I did such a heinous crime that I would not tell anybody what I did. But inside that prison, God got hold of me. This waste of space that had been rejected, God got hold of me. And he started to address those issues in my life. And if you felt like that, God would say to you, I've seen that little knot in your life which comes because you've had a bad relationship with your dad. I've seen that not in your life because you failed your exams. I've seen that not in your life because you stole when you were a kid or you cheated. He's seen it all and he just doesn't reject you. He says, I can make something of you. I can make something of you. Nothing is rejected. None of you are rejected by me, whatever your past is. I want to straighten it out. I want to take some of those knots out. And I could go on and on and on here, taking them out. And you end up, if you keep going, this is hard to hold up. It's hard to hold up. Can you see that? So you get a great big piece of silk. There's still some knots in it, still some imperfections. And then the next stage for this process is that I wrap this silk in a double layer of this stuff, which is called Solvi. And as I was doing this in my workroom, God said to me, that's like my love. I wrap you, I envelop you in my love. And then I put you in my firm grip. And when I've done that, 
I can begin to write about my love. I think Andrew will bring up the next picture for me. Yes, there it is. And on this, <coughs> you will probably well, just do it so, so James and Paula can see it. Along here, I've written some of the qualities of God's love. So they include compassion and hope and forgiveness. He gives joy, he gives gifts, he gives encouragement, mercy, grace, healing and discipline. His love envelops us and the quality of his love is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I've picked out a few verses, I'm not going to do all of them. But um, the description of God's love in John 3.16 of course. And we sung it, actually, earlier. God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. What a wonderful description of God's love. And it is not just for this life. It's on into eternity. And when we come to him for his forgiveness, we walk into that promise. When we come to him and recognize that we are, are in human terms, maybe a waste of space, we come and we ask for his forgiveness and we walk into his love. It's amazing. He offers us compassion. We're going to read Mark 6, verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd so he began teaching them many things and also Isaiah 42 3 a bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out in faithfulness he will bring forth justice so if you're at the end of your tether at the end of the day in a horrible classroom James when nobody has done anything that you want them to do (laughs) And you're about to snap. This is the verse for you. (laughs) And the kids won't sleep when you go home at night. They're as high as high. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, I know. I remember. (laughs) When you're at the end of your tether, when you've had an awful diagnosis from the doctor, when you're unemployed, when the house you wanted to buy falls through, when disaster strikes, whatever it is, he will not snuff you out he will not snuff you out he has such compassion for you and could we have up Luke 150 please his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation from generation to generation to generation, they've gone, but (laughs) from generation to generation to generation. His mercy is extended through our families because we're in the grip of his love. And I just would like to put up the one, one or two about discipline because we think of discipline as a negative thing. And actually, the scripture calls it such a positive thing. So let's look at Proverbs 3.12. The Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. If you didn't discipline Jacob and Abby, your house would be mayhem. (laughs) And they would run across roads because you'd never taught them. 
that it was dangerous to do it. They would put their hands in the fire because you'd never taught them that it was dangerous to do that. Discipline is good for us and it's a sign of God's fatherhood for us. And in our Christian walk with him, he disciplines us and we don't like it very much. I often shout and say, don't like that, Father. But it's good for us because he's keeping us. He's keeping us. It's a demonstration of his love for us. Could we have the Hebrews 12 one, which is very similar to this? My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. So important. So important. And of course, um, I think actually I'll do the next stage now. He's making a work of art in you and he adds beautiful things into your life. I've put a pattern on this one and I've completely messed it up because I wrote Abigail and she's not Abigail. And it's spelt with a double B and I've put Abigail with a single B and she's Abby with a double B. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But he begins to write beautiful things in our lives. He begins to make us this unique work of art. And the most amazing thing is that when we're dedicated to him, it could even be a symbol of baptism, this. His love, which has enfolded us, soaks into us so that suddenly we begin to be like Jesus. We can have compassion for people who are struggling. We can love those who don't love us. Whoa! His love soaks into us. And then... He can mould us. He can make us any shape he wants to make us. He's the potter. We're the clay. And as this dries, it will keep that shape. So, can mold you over a pudding basin. And then he makes it into a vessel. 
see some musicians that are salivating over here. Pass them around. <coughs> Kids have gone out. They're smarties. Shame. It's just that the adults have just have to feed them. How many can that baker eat? Probably the whole packet. Probably feeling left out at the back, aren't you? There you go. Pass those around. You see, he might shape us like a wonderful musical Adam. He might shape us like a sporting David Beckham. He might shape us like a wonderful carer who would go in to look after elderly people. He might shape us into the most fantastic administrator that can sort out an office. He's not done that for me. As Andrew will tell you, the number of emails that have gone to him about mistakes in my script. But he will shape you as he wants to shape you. And you can become a vessel and you can carry his sweetness. Isn't that wonderful? I think it's wonderful. And the thing is... I say this, you do not have to like this stuff. Loads of you are sitting there saying, she calls that art. Come on. Come on. Give me a constable landscape, a Turner seascape. Give me a, a Rembrandt portrait. You don't have to like it. But I do. Why? Because I made it. I love it. And that's how God feels about you. And do you know what? Some people don't like Adam's music. What? (laughs) Some people don't like your music. What? But that's all right. They're allowed. They're allowed. But God loves Adam so much and shaped him into this wonderful musician. And the other thing is that when you lift these up, you can see the light through them. And the world can see the light through us. But... In every one of these, there are still imperfections. God does not wait until we're perfect to shine his light through us. He does it imperfections and all. Don't you think that's a relief? I don't actually have to be good at everything. I don't have to be good even, (laughs) which is a mighty relief. He uses us just as we are. 
I think it's wonderful. And I came across this. I'm going to finish with this. I've probably gone on far too long. Sorry, Pads. And James and Paula. This is a, written on a bookmark that somebody gave me years ago, and it popped up in an old book that I was looking at. It's actually written about the creation, and it reads like this. Then God stopped working and enjoyed a time of rest. When all things were complete, I rested, not because I was weary, but so that you could rest too and take time just to be yourself. You are precious beyond words, priceless, just as you are. I love you, every particle, every fragment, every detail, every smile, every tear. When you feel unloved, when you don't love me still, I love you. I came for you. I'm here for you always. Come to me and find rest. And I hope and pray that Abby and Jacob are never called a waste of space. But they probably will. That's the truth. But you know that God's love stretches around them as it stretched over you and your parents, how much he loves you. You are so precious. These children of yours are so precious. Everyone in this congregation is a lovely, precious baby in the eyes of our Lord. Be blessed today. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for every person here. Thank you that you made us unique human beings. Thank you that your love permeates through our imperfections. Thank you that we are never a waste of space. We come to you and we ask for your forgiveness and your salvation so that we might experience your compassion, your love, your joy, your hope, and all the other depth of the love that you want to give us today. In Jesus' name. Do you want this out of the way?